want to get on the action, we want to hear from you. Hit us up, faderoutemail at gmail.com. Slide in our DMs on IG at faderoutepodcast. Drop us a DM on Twitter at faderoutednz. Comment on our YouTube channel, The Fade Route with DNZ. Questions, comments, picks, segment suggestions, you name it, we want to hear from you. Get at us in crowd. Welcome to The Fade Route with DNZ. Here are your hosts, DNZ. Welcome everybody to the maiden voyage of the fade route with D and Z. I am Z and I hope you guys are doing well today. We're going live from the boogie down and the mile high and everywhere in between. And here he is, my co-host, my good friend. I've known this guy since our days on carousel shoes. The last QB in St. John's history, flight crew through and through. What's up, D? How's it going? What's going on, man? Not much, not much. Sweating my ass off because my AC's busted, so got to make it work, you know? How's the air up there? The air's pretty thin. I think I'm getting used to it finally, but, you know, I'm still getting blown up pretty quick. (laughs) What a crazy week it's been, huh? It has been an absolutely crazy week, but that's always the case in sports, right? It's never the same thing twice, and it's never dull. Never, never, never. I never, never thought that uh, that Jacksonville would release their uh, leading receiver and leading rusher and leading touchdown guy after only three years. Crazy. And if you listen to Gardner Minshew, they're not tanking, and they're going <laughs> to take this seriously. Meanwhile, just they just yeah, they just traded their safety away to Cleveland. They uh, let go of Fournette. They let go of Foles last, uh, this year, too, early in the season. Yeah, they're not tanking. Okay. No, they're looking they're for tanking. that. They're looking for that Debo Sweeney deal where they bring on the quarterback and the coach from Clemson and start all over. Well, the only good thing that may happen, I think, is The Rock buying the XFL and throwing a boatload of dough at Trevor Lawrence to try and pull a little USFL on him. Like, we'll see. It's definitely a possibility. I just I just don't know how you can seriously tell your fans you're going to contend when you let go of a guy of this caliber. I mean, he had over 1,152 yards last year, 300-yard games, three touchdowns, 100 targets, 76 receptions, 76 receptions as a running back. That's crazy. That's well, crazy. there's always TJ Yeldon. TJ Yeldon. EJ. Now, now I hear that one of their backs, I think, either got sick or he got put on injured. So uh, they're rolling, I think, with just like two running backs right now. Well, I mean, I don't know if you followed the news today, but they could always add Adrian Peterson since the Washington Football Club cut them loose today. I was kind of sad about that, you know. I mean, growing up, especially like in in the in the two thousands and late two thousands and. He was just a he was just a stud, man. And he even said he was surprised. He said that he, you know, for all intents and purposes, he had a great camp. He was their leading rusher last year. 
And, like, what do you got to lose? It's not like he's making that much money that you're going to, you know. And they had the issue with Darius Geis earlier in the earlier in camp where they right. had, didn't go. So now, what is it? It's Bryce Love and Antonio Gibson going to shoulder that load down in Washington, D.C.? They also, they also picked up Peyton Barber from Tampa Bay because, you know, Tampa Bay. Oh, he's Bay a big is, back. He's a yeah. big back, too. It's a big dude. He's a big dude. But he couldn't, he couldn't, play, well, he couldn't play well in Tampa, which, which is kind of surprising. Unfortunately, he was on my fantasy team last year, and it was a disaster. Oh, man. I don't even want so to talk see. about so my Washington, fantasy last so, year. So Washington – Lost the name of their team, lost their leading rusher, and uh, yeah, they're they're all ready to start the season next week, huh? I don't know. They got Alex Smith back on one leg. You know, I feel I feel terrible for that guy, and even watching him walk, like I don't I don't know I don't know if he could really take a hit. Like he's got a hitch in his step. I mean, he had so many surgeries. I mean, you gotta really love the game of football. It's true. Back after that, I mean. It- it was gruesome. It was like Joe Theismann, like times a hundred, you know. And then the the crazy part is the next week they lost Colt McCoy. He broke the other leg. So between yeah. the two of them, they could have been standing together. You're just getting keep people killed out there. Yeah. I mean, I, I I I do I do like Dwayne Haskins. Um, I don't know, you know, I I don't know if he was worthy of where he got picked, but I think he's a big guy. He's got a big arm and. You know, Coach Rivera has been in this situation before with a with a quarterback and a lackluster receiving crew. You know, he could get if he could just get him to manage the game at least for the first two years. Ron Rivera can definitely build a defense in Washington if he can, you know, stay healthy. One hundred percent, one hundred percent. And since we mentioned Leonard Fournette already, it's now time for the fade in where we give a nod to the news of the week and. Tom Brady's newest weapon is Leonard Fournette. <laughs> How insane is that? They just have a stable of running backs. So, so let's see. They have uh, Rojo. Mm-hmm. They have uh, LaShawn McCoy, Leonard Fournette. And I believe they drafted a guy. Didn't they draft a guy too? I'm pretty <laughs> sure they did. I'm pretty sure they did. But, the, you know, with, with the Keyshawn Vaughn. They drafted Keyshawn Vaughn, which I thought they drafted Keyshawn Vaughn because they knew Rojo couldn't get the job done. So then when they brought in LaShawn McCoy, I'm thinking, okay, Rojo didn't look good. Keyshawn Vaughn doesn't look good. Let's, let's bring in LaShawn McCoy. Let's bring in Shady. He's a veteran. He can run. And now it's like, hey, let's bring in Leonard Fournette. And so it's like, how are you not going to give Leonard Fournette the ball? Like that, and, and they're only paying him $4 million. How did, how did he clear waivers? How does, how does nobody want? this guy on his team. I think we talked earlier in the week and I said, oh, it's a, you know, I think we talked when this initially broke that Fournette was getting released. I was like, oh, he's going to the Bears. There's not a doubt. They lost their running back for at least a month. Fournette is a ground and pounder. He, you know, you can play, you can play off him and Tariq Cohen. I can't see how the Bears don't cough up $4 million to put this guy on their team. They let him go. I don't know. I, I, you know, I don't. I don't know what people are thinking. Well, here's the one that popped into my head before. How did Pete Carroll not jump on him? Yeah, I with Russell Wilson team. and DK Metcalf, that becomes lethal. Yeah, and then he. I think one of his one of his backs actually tore their ACL for the whole season. Um, the the kid they drafted last year. Mm-hmm. Uh, what's his name? Uh, Rashad Penny. 
Yes. I think he, I'm pretty sure he tore his ACL and he's out for the year. So really, you're just riding on Chris Carson and Carlos Hyde. And why, Carlos Hyde is injury prone. Let's be real yeah. here. And why? And why wouldn't you want to? Why wouldn't you want to add Leonard Fournette to that situation? Are you kidding me? Instead, you want to go and sign Josh Gordon, who is getting his 13th chance at at playing in the National Football League. I don't. I don't understand what's going on up in Seattle with some of the moves, especially with Josh Gordon. It is a very high risk, high reward kind of move. How about it? I really don't know. How about if you're the Steelers? Why would I mean that? You've mm. always had a big back. You've always had a big back, and and James Conner was hurt last year. He's coming in this year, but let's be real. You got the COVID thing going on. You don't know, like you know, is he going to be able to get through a whole season? I, very surprising. You, you right. gotta you gotta roll deep. You need to you know it, it's only four million bucks, and you have the cap space. It makes a, a ton of sense. I mean, I don't know how true it is. I heard that the Patriots tried to come in late and try to get Fournette. That doesn't surprise me at all because they love taking guys on the cheap, especially like, you know, first round picks. Right. <laughs> same thing with same like thing Josh with Gordon. Yeah. Gordon. How about Cam? Cam became Cam. a free agent. Nobody gave him a phone call. But they did that with Corey Dillon, too. Corey Dillon. Oh, nobody Corey wanted to touch Dillon him. Corey Dillon was awesome. Corey Dillon. Corey Dillon, Corey Dillon. You know, people don't realize how long Tom Brady was in New England. He had so many running backs there. Like, yeah. <laughs> Corey Dillon. Wow. So, so yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm just kind of curious to see what happens because I had my fantasy draft, you know, uh, on Sunday. So you saw Fournette going in the third round because people thought he was going to be the starter on the Jaguars. Right. Then he gets, then he gets released. I had another draft after he was released and I picked him up in the eighth round because why not? I mean, What's the? He's gonna get signed. He's gonna get picked. My curiosity is: is now where does he sit now that he's with the Buccaneers? Is he still a third round guy? Is he somewhere between eight and three? He's not a first. He's not a second. But you got to think he's getting the ball in the goal line. You got to think he's getting the ball. Well, I mean, let's let's look at it really because I am getting really bad flashbacks to that super team that the Lakers tried to put together with. Carl Malone and Gary Payton and Shaq and Kobe. And everybody's like, there's only one ball, right? Did they put a new rule in where you're playing multiple with multiple basketballs? And I'm seeing a very similar vibe because you have Mike Evans, you have Gronk, you have Godwin, you have a stable of running backs. You still have Cameron Brait. You have OJ Howard. Like, I don't understand. I mean, the depth is insane. Howard, Rob Gronkowski. <laughs> right. I mean, are they going to be a victim of their own depth or is it such a, I mean, is it such a case now with COVID that you got to go balls to the wall and just go, you know, I'm going to get as many all pros as I can and try and build that super team. I mean, here's the thing in football, super teams very rarely work. I remember there was a time where the Redskins were trying to rack up like Bruce Smith and, and getting, um, getting like old Jason Taylor, like getting old timers and just stacking Hall of Famers on their team. And they just couldn't stay out of each other's way. Yeah. You know, the, the only thing I will say is it, it, to me, the GM is going for it this year. Their GM is saying, you know, I messed up with Jameis Winston. I messed up with drafting that kicker that didn't turn out. <laughs> this is my last rodeo. 
if I can't get to the Super Bowl or at least get to the NFC Championship game, I'm going to be gone. So Tom Brady's here. Rob Gronkowski's here. Leonard Fournette's here. Who? Haha, Clinton Dix is probably going to get signed in two weeks because he just got released. Yeah. Like, this is we're going for it, and I, you know, I, I don't, I don't know, I don't know if it's going to work, but you got to imagine that they're going to be able to keep it together. If there's one, if there's two players that I can foresee not working, would be probably Rob Gronkowski could get hurt because he usually does, unless he's going to take a back seat to OJ Howard. And then you just wonder how the Fournette situation is going to work. Like if he's not getting the ball, cause he's got an incentive laden contract. So if he, if, if, if I'm just a decoy, or I'm not getting the ball, I'm not getting 10, 15 touches a game. Right. What am I here for? Let me go. Right. I can totally see him doing that because he's trying to get paid and I don't blame the guy cause he could get hurt and anything can happen. And let's be honest here. Shady McCoy left a really good situation in Kansas city to come down here because he saw the writing on the wall and was like, Oh, I see what Tom Brady's doing. And now all of a sudden he's what third on the depth chart. Cause Arian said, Rojo's the guy. Rojo's the guy until he's not. Yeah. He's saying Rojo's the guy. You would assume you would, I would assume Leonard Fournette is two and Shady's three and Keyshawn Vaughn is four, I guess. But you gotta, you know, with Shady, Shady was really being weird in Kansas City because you know he was on a really good team and he had a chance to really revive his career. I don't know if you don't remember. I don't know if you remember or not. He didn't get to dress for the Super Bowl. I I didn't remember that. No, I remember Damian Williams balling out, but I did not remember that he was Damian Williams balled out. Darwin, uh, Darwin, uh, I think Darwin Thompson or Darwin Williams, their their other back, he played and LaShawn. Didn't even dress. Guy gets all the way to the Super Bowl. Wow. Darwin Thompson, that's his name. Yeah. Uh, and he didn't even get to dress. So I think the wheels were starting to come off in Kansas City because I think he thought he was going to be more than a third down back and more of a guy that was going to get plenty of touches. And he played well. I mean, he had, I think, at least four touchdowns. Like, he, he played well for them. But he's trying to get into a situation where – He's the guy, and that those days are over. You know, those yeah. those days are over. The, the and, 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 and you know what? We're talking out. we're talking a lot about the Bucks' offense, but let's not sleep in their defense. Like they they Shaq Barrett, like they have some guys on defense. Nagdamikin Sue is still there. Like mm-hmm. they have players, and the greatest nine and a half fingered defensive end in football, JPP. Oh yeah, forgot about him too. Yeah, <laughs> I mean. They and th- just think about it. Like last year, they had Jameis Winston throwing thirty touchdowns and like thirty interceptions, but they still competed all the way until the end. I don't. I think they were like maybe seven and nine or six and ten. Yeah, it's like the perennial. It's the perennial uh, Tampa Bay Buccaneer record, except for the year they won the Super Bowl. But uh, yeah, I mean. Todd Bowles is going to have a lot of fun with this defense. And, you know, Byron Leftwich, he's if he does well this year, he's going to play himself into a legitimate head coaching. Uh, he's going to be at the top of the list. You know, I always I always like Todd Bowles as a as a coach. Like not I don't I'm not sure if he is head coach ability, but mm-hmm. his 
his defensive schemes and his ability to coach defensive players, I always thought it was well done. Even when he was in Arizona and then even with the Jets. I mean, don't sleep on the Jets. When he was there, they had a very good defense, you know. I mean, for what they had talent-wise, they played pretty well. So I think he's going to get those guys to play. You know, one of the, well, they were one of the sleeper defenses I had this year. I really thought, you know, the tough part about Tampa Bay is, is you know, you got to play the Atlanta Falcons twice. You got to play the Saints twice. You got to deal with Drew Brees and Matt Ryan. That's not a that's the kind the kind of defense you want to have like on in fantasy. But yeah. I cool. do think they're a sleeper pick as far as defenses are concerned because um, I think they can contain the football. And um, like I said, Bowles Bowles is a heady guy. No, for sure. And then I don't know if you saw the rumor going around the rumor mill that the Saints are pushing aggressively for Jadavion Clowney. Yes, I saw that. Um, and there's another. There was another team that was looking to get him. Um, I think it was the Titans. Yes, yeah. I think that would be a great fit for him. That would be super because Titans. Titans had a tight defense last year. I mean, you think about the way they played against uh, the Patriots when they went to Foxborough in the first in the in the first round of the or the mm-hmm. second round of the playoffs last year. You know, they had a tough time with Kansas City, but. You know, Vrabel, you know, Vrabel's that kind of guy. Like, he's just, you know, and, and who are they going up against every week? They play in the Colts, Phillip Rivers with rookie running backs and rookie wide receivers. They play in the Jacksonville Jaguars who are tanking. Like, they're not going up against any – they're not going up against any world beaters. No. Yeah, they got to play Houston, but Houston doesn't have D-Hop anymore. Nope. They're going to be trying to run with Brandon Cooks. They're going to have Duke Johnson and, uh, and David Johnson – Running in their backfield, totally containable. But I think the Titan, the Titans have a chance. The Titans have a chance to compete in that division. And I think Jadavian Clowney would really put that defense over the top. It's interesting. It's interesting how his career has unfolded. You know, this was this big guy coming out of South Carolina. He's known for that big hit in college. And, you know, people people were thinking he was going to be like the next, you know, maybe Michael Strahan maybe the next Reggie White, you know, maybe even the next Lawrence Taylor. And even he's kind of continued that same vibe where, you know, I'm going to play well enough to get my money. I'm going to play well enough to get my contract. You know, he's, he doesn't seem like a guy that's going to be willing to play hurt. He doesn't seem like a guy that's, you know, really going to wow you. He's going he's gonna to be able to just maintain his position on, on, the, on the team. And since you mentioned the Washington Football Club before and when they decided to, you know, spend like drunken sailors that time, that the first year that Dan Snyder took over, he kind of gives me that Dana Stubblefield vibe. Like, like Clowney and Stubblefield, I, I, I get like a, a player, a weird player comp with that. Yeah, no, I agree. I agree. Yeah. And, you know, Dana, you know, Dana, Dana Stubblefield was, was a good player, especially with his years with the 49ers. Um, but I can see that. I, can, I definitely see that. Clowney's definitely a disruptor and I can see the appeal of it for Sean Payton to bring him in because you're playing Tom Brady twice a season and you can get him off his spot very easily with Jadavion Clowney. You know, everyone talked about like, you know, they were, they were that Tom Brady was going to fall off this cliff. You know, he was going to go from like, you know, winning a Super Bowl to not being able to throw a touchdown pass and not being able to get the ball downfield. And I think I think that's what Drew Brees kind of looks like right now, mm. you know. And I, you know, I I I like Drew Brees. I like the offense they run, 
but you kind of saw it last year. Like he got hurt, and when he came when he came back, he, he just wasn't quite able to push the ball down the field, especially outside. And um, I have a feeling. I, ho- I hope I'm wrong because I actually have like Kamara on one team and Michael Thomas on another team. But I I have a feeling he's going to take a big step back this year. Um, you know, he's just he's just older and. And, you know, I follow him on Instagram and I follow Tom Brady on Instagram. You see Tom, like, in the gym. You see Tom working out with his players. And then you see Drew Brees, like, on the beach with his kids. And it's just like, uh, somebody's not taking it that seriously. <laughs> no, yeah, definitely. I mean, there's you, you can tell there's a priority thing there. But he also isn't really going to get pushed. Let's be real here. James Winston's the number two right now. And I don't know. I, I mean, he got LASIK. Maybe that will actually help with the 30 picks. But it's either it, if it's not the eyes, it's decision making. And uh, Taysom Hill's not ready. Taysom Hill, he took what, seven snaps as a quarterback? Right. No, Taysom Hill's definitely not ready, but he definitely has talent. Like he has the ability. And you just wonder at some point, you have to make a decision are we going to try this? Are we going to really make this work? Jameis Winston, it's always been about decision-making. He's got a great arm, you know, and in college, people are running wide open, so it's easy for him to hit people. The windows are a lot of – the windows are a lot close um, – the windows are a lot um, less open mm. in the pros. So yeah. that's why he struggled, you know, and him reading defense and him trying to force things. You know, he never just wanted to take the sack or just throw the ball away, trying to do more than he should. That was his big problem. Right. I mean, he was a closer in college. So if he ever decides he wants to, you know, go back into baseball, like, and he's got the arm, like you said, and he was a closer. So he's got the pedigree already. I think isn't he got it, drafted. Isn't it That's... interesting that the one and two from that, from that draft, Mariota and Jameis, they're both like backups now. Yeah. Crazy. But I mean, they're, I mean, Mariota is backing up Derek Carr. That's the that's the main thing. That's the main difference. Like I could see if Carr gets hurt, Mariota could come in and spark a team. If Drew Brees gets hurt, I really don't know if James James Winston can spark the team the way Teddy Bridgewater did last year. Right. Oh, Teddy, I love Teddy Bridgewater. I love Teddy, that. I mean, that was, I mean, Teddy Bridgewater, like he is a good, solid NFL quarterback. He got injured, like he was on his way. Got derailed a little bit, but I think he's Carolina is going to be better than people think they're going to be. I think so too, and I really like how the coach drafted all defensive players this year. Uh-huh. Like he's just trying to build his defense, and um, they have one of the best running backs in the league, and they have a uh, and 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 the reason why they got Teddy is because the coach of the team loved Teddy in college and played against him and knows the kind of player he is like. He's a heady football player. Like he's, you know, he, he's not going to throw for 400 yards a game, but you want a guy that's going to make the right decisions. You know, I never could throw the ball more than 40 yards, but you know, I, I made, I made good decisions. And that, 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 that means a lot, you know, yeah. but then you get labeled with that game manager thing. You know, Teddy Bridgewater's a game manager. He's a good quarterback. Like Alex Smith was a good quarterback. Yeah. Like, it's it, really good. There's nothing wrong with being a good decision maker, like you just said. But, you know. You don't got to go out there and gunsling it, you know, like 40, 50 times a game. Like, no. You can go out there and make the right pass, make the right read, call the right audible, don't turn the ball over. 
How could you be upset with that? True. It's like, it's like Colin Kaepernick. Everyone gave Colin Kaepernick a hard time. Those numbers don't lie. The, the guy, the guy didn't turn the ball over, and he and he ran efficient offenses. You know. True. A guy who's going to be really upset this year is T.Y. Hilton because Philip Rivers is going to try and old, you know, give it that old man jerk to throw it deep deep down the field. You know, I I I was I look at their team right, and I think they have one of the best offensive lines in football, hundred percent, right? Mm-hmm. And then their receivers, they actually have really good receivers. Like they have T.Y. Right. Then they got Michael Pittman Jr., who they drafted. Then they got Paris Campbell. I think he's hurt, but I think he's a really good player too. And they they have Jonathan. Uh, what's his name? The guy from uh, Jonathan Big, Taylor. Jonathan Taylor. They the the running back for. I think he played for. Mm-hmm. He's Big Ten Player of the Year. I think he came from Wisconsin. Yep. Like you got something. You got something. I don't. I wouldn't mind having some Colts players on my team. I think their defense is sneaky good too. You know, and they're again who are they playing against? Playing against Jacksonville, they're playing against the Titans. You know, they're playing against world beaters. You know, and I want to reiterate for everybody that Gardner Minshew says they're not tanking. So you know, <laughs> but you I, know. Think, I think this is definitely Philip Rivers' last year. Yeah, this is like his John Elway year. Um, I think he's got a chance. I do think he has a chance to compete. Um, especially with everything going, I think everybody has a chance this year, right? I mean, anything can happen. It's, it's wide open, absolutely. And, you know, like you're talking about the, the rookies that they drafted. And, you know, we should transition into the the new the rookies this year. You got Burrow in Cincinnati, Edwards Hilaire in Kansas City. You have Justin Herbert. You have Tua. You have Jerry Judy, C.D. Lamb. Who, who is going to be that standout guy for you? Who do you think? And I'm only talking offense right now because defense, I'm honestly outside of Chase Young. <laughs> I, I got nobody that's coming to mind. Yeah. Um, you know, I think Edwards Hilaire is going to be given opportunities. You know, he's going to get more opportunities than everybody else. Ta- uh, Taylor's going to have to uh, beat out Marlon Mack. Mm-hmm. And uh, he's going to have to uh, shoulder a lot of the load in the pass protection game, which is not something I think he's really accustomed to. Let's not forget about the guy Dobbins with the Raiders or with the Ravens. Right. He's probably yeah. eventually going to take um, Ingram's job. He's going to have a big opportunity there. And that offense is fast and fly. I'm really curious to see how Judy does in Denver because Denver's Denver's another team. I feel like they're stacked a receiver with Cortland Sutton. Um, I wonder if he can really make a big, a big mark there. It all boils down to Drew Locke, man. Like John Elway hey, says, this is the guy. I kept saying I was going to take Drew Locke as my fantasy guy. People were <laughs> laughing at me. I think he, I think he's good. I think he is really good. You know, for John yeah. Elway's sake, he better be. You know, at some point, and I, I think I'm going to piss off my new hometown. At some point, he's got to be under the hot seat. He's got to be on the hot seat. You know, like you can't go through all these quarterbacks and you know never find the next John Elway. The problem is, is I don't think anybody holds him accountable for his actions. You know what I mean? Like, because he's John Elway. He's John Legend out there. Right. I mean, no one's firing John Elway. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? And I've heard from people in, in the inner circles that it's really tough to play there. Like, it's just, just given the situation and given his mentality, it's, it's, not an easy, it's not an easy place to play. That's true. I mean, they had to bring in Peyton Manning. 
to eclipse him a little bit. So, you know, I, I get where you're coming from. And as far as these quarterbacks, I, I don't know. Like, Tua, I'm still not sold. Joe Burrow, he's saddled in Cincinnati. I mean, there, there's some good talent in Cincinnati, but I don't trust the coach. And then you have Justin Herbert out in San Diego. Yes, it's still San Diego to me. And Anthony Lynn is running with Terod Taylor, and I think that's a mistake. They should have got Cam Newton, in my opinion. I think he's a better version of Terod Taylor. But if Herbert plays, I think he's got a good shot of doing well. Yeah, I don't know what the mindset there was in, in drafting Herbert. I think he's good, and he's got a he's got a great arm. It's just it's just going to take time. Mm-hmm. Um, I do like Burrow, but we're going to find out a lot about Burrow this year because Burrow's going to have to play Pittsburgh twice, who arguably have one of the best defenses in the league, and he's going to have to play Baltimore twice, who arguably has one of the best defenses in the league. We're going to learn a lot about Burrow this year. I hope AJ Green can get on the field. You know, I hear he's got a hamstring issue, and you know he wasn't able to get out of he wasn't able to get out of Cincinnati for for the final years of his career, which sucks. I hear Tampa Bay's interested. <laughs> I'm sure, man. <laughs> Wouldn't it? That's probably why. That's probably why they franchised him. They didn't let him go. <laughs> um, uh, so I I I do like um I do like his chances. I think Burrow. I think he's I think he's a heady player. I think he's got a chance. And we're going to find out a lot about him this year. I like, I like the fact that he wanted to go to Cincinnati, being from the area. And it's like, it's very much like LeBron going to Cleveland, where he he didn't run. And well, initially, LeBron eventually ran to Miami, but in the initial go run, he's like, I want to go play at home. I I want this. Put put it on me. Let's go. Like I dig that, and I, I think that Joe Burrow, like, he, but yeah, but but Z, I'm not sure he really had a choice in that situation. Like, what was he gonna say? Well, like, he, he could always pull because he could always pull an Eli Manning or a John Elway to go back to the John Elway. Just like if you know, see what's available to him. If Miami really didn't want to, uh, and they were just kind of like laying in the weeds, they could have jumped up and taken him because Miami. Miami's got something, you know, I I think Miami, well, I'm not going to pick them to win the division or anything like that, but I mean, they could, they're not going to be cellar dwellers this year, in my opinion. Who's a cellar dweller in that division? I got to say the Jets. (laughs) I will cede my time to you. No, no. I'm just curious. Like when does, when does Le'Veon Bell get cut? That's my question. What? What what week does that happen before week six? Does that happen, you know, in week four, week eight? I it's, think he's not going to make it the whole season. I, I, mean. I agree, especially with Frank Gore there. Like Frank Gore, who's like, I remember Bart Scott saying that the Giants signed Jonathan Stewart to be the clubhouse rat. And Frank Gore is going to be the clubhouse rat for Adam Gates. Just a, just a feeling on that. Douglas will do his due diligence and see what he can get as far I mean, because he did it with Jamal Adams. And, you know, uh, the problem, I feel actually there's a part of me that feels bad for the Jets because they sent Adams away. Probably one of the best first-round picks they've had in the last five years. 
and they got first rounders for him, which is great. Yeah. But the the first rounders are for next year, and no one's playing college football this year. So how are you going to be able to evaluate talent? How are you going to be able to bring in good players when no one's playing? So you got all these draft picks in this coming draft, and granted, they have draft picks for the for the twenty twenty two draft too. That's fine, but it's just like, damn, like damn, like we kind of got we kind of got effed here. And then you let Robbie Anderson go and you bring in Brashad Perriman? Really? The kick returner at best in my opinion. Really? Yeah. And and well, I think, uh, Frank Frank Gore, like you said, I think Frank Gore is a little bit of a rat, but Frank Gore is it still is still a decent player. I'm not saying he's going to run for 1000 yards, but he could pick up blockers. He could be the veteran in the room, but this thing with Le'Veon, this is going to blow up in a bad way. That's another team. Why didn't you go get Fournette for $4 million? That's huh? a good point. Well, I, I don't really I, I don't really know. I mean, Le'Veon Bell, his running style does not jive with the offensive line of the Jets. He, he likes to dance. He likes to look for open yep. holes. And he's never going to find open holes behind that, behind that line. He's also getting older. Um, sitting out the year, we met, remember we had that conversation two years ago about sitting out the year. Yeah. yeah, and and then you and then so then one of the highest player, one of the highest paid players in their team, is Mosley. He's sitting out this year because of COVID. Right. It's like and 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 last year he was hurt most of the year, but the Jets finished as a top top seven, I think top seven defense. I'm pretty sure they were sixth, despite yeah. not having him there. So you gave this guy all this money. And he ain't even playing. I'm getting hungry over here. Should have cooked up some dinner. And if you're looking for a new cooking show to binge, check out As You Eat It on YouTube, hosted by me, Chef Z. I invite you into my home and show you what and how I cook when I'm off the clock as a chef instructor. You're going to learn fun recipes and creative methods to empower and inspire you in the kitchen and take it to the next level. Cook how you want to cook. Eat how you want to eat. Eat as you eat it. That's as you eat it, available only on YouTube. AZ, you eat it. Check it out and let's get cooking. I think I the team, I think the, I think, the, uh, I, I'm not sure if they're going to be at the bottom of the cellar because I do think Miami has some things they still need to iron out. Um, I think, I think they have a good foundation to building on. They definitely have good receivers. I think Kaseki, their tight end, is going to emerge this year. Yeah. Um, Jordan Howard's okay, but I'm pretty sure like Chan. I think Chan Gailey's the coach, right? I, I'm not. I'm, I'm not. His his offense isn't really that that dynamic. It's not yeah. that great. Where you know you're going to be like, oh wow, they're really lighting up the skies, you know. Um, and I, I think the bill. I've been saying it for the last two or three years. The Bills are really building something, and I think, I think they have. I think they have a good future. Um, and you can see, you know, now that Tom is gone, they're going to start to. You know, the Patriots are going to start to move on. But this, you know, this was the Jets' time to shine. You know, Tom's leaving. Like now, it's it's open, and you're going to let you know let the Bills take this from you. Right. Well, the good thing. Well, they just added Stephon Diggs. But in, in terms of disgruntled wide receivers, the good thing the Jets have is that additional draft capital. So if they 
want to, they could, and they're, they find themselves, you know, kind of floating around 500 thinking that they could possibly make a wild card push. Who's to say they don't package some of these picks and grab a player, you know, they, yeah. you know, they, I don't know. We, you, only time will tell on that one. Or package some of the picks to get more picks. Like, yeah. I actually do like the, the offensive lineman they drafted in the first round this year. I thought that was a good I, – I mean, Douglas knows his stuff. I mean, Douglas knows football. Let's, let's not – you know, he, he knows more than the other guys that were before him. You know, Idzik and uh, – Oh, God. The guy, yeah, and the guy they brought in from Houston. He definitely knows uh, Cal- McCallan, McCall- McCallan, McCallan. Oh, uh, Mike McCallan. Yeah, yeah. yeah. That he knows more than those guys do, but um, you know it's uh, it's gonna be time. It's gonna take time, and and I think some people are starting to doubt Sam a little bit too, which is unfair to Sam. But you know when you see some of his peers and the way they're playing, you're like, damn, I thought that's what we were getting. You know, his death knell was when he let it slip on a hot mic that he was seeing ghosts in the Patriots <laughs> game. Like, you know, once once he said that, honest. he might as well said, I'm done. Play McCown. He, he's just being honest. Yeah. Oh, well, Adam, uh, Adam, I don't know what we were running all week, but <laughs> I've seen it. This ain't working, man. This is crazy out there. It's like, l- listen, Sam, when I when I got Peyton Manning his cup of coffee and then he gave me the plays for the week, I didn't question him. So, you know. <laughs> right. That's right. Yeah, oh my I don't know how Adam Gase gets a job. He might as well just give uh, Steve Nash the job. Um, Speaking of Steve Nash, my goodness, what is going on? He's the Nets head coach. I, I did not see that one coming. Like, I didn't even realize he interviewed for the position. Next thing you know, like, yeah. he's there. I mean, you know, Stephen A was upset about it, talking about white privilege. I don't know if it's that. I wouldn't go that far. I mean, you do see some – there's some coaches that, you know – came into the league that were players that didn't have previous coaching experiences like mm-hmm. Larry Bird um, and uh, Steve uh, Kerr, Steve Kerr, Steve you know, Kerr. So I'm not going to, I'm not going to knock it. No. You know, um, I'm curious to see how it works out. I'm curious how he gets along with Kyrie Irving. Um, oh, another guy was um, Teron Lou who had, who yeah. had success and won a championship, you know, no real, no real coaching prowess before that. Yeah. He was in a, he was an assistant, but you know that's that's really not the same thing. I mean, you really got to cut your teeth under some guys. I mean, you think about some people who are in the league years before they really get their chance. I, I was that I don't really care. Those guys are going to do what they want to do anyway. You think yeah. you think Kevin Durant's going to be listening to Steve Nash draw up plays? I mean, I don't know. When Durant handpicked him, probably not. But to me, the the Ty Lue thing, he reminds me a lot of Adam Gase. Like he ran coat, he held on to some coattails and he, you know, he, he did well, but when you have a player like LeBron James, he's going to make you look good. So, you know, but, um, those guys those, don't, those guys really don't listen. You don't listen. I don't, I, my opinion, you don't listen to coaching. I don't think they do. I think, the, I think the Toronto Raptors are the best coach team in basketball. The way they run their sets, the way they listen to their coach, they're a, they're a well-run team. They lost Kawhi Leonard, who was their MVP, the guy who won them the championship, and they didn't miss a step. I'm pretty sure they came in like second in the East. Like they yeah. didn't let it, they didn't let it stop them, you know, from from achieving, you know, 
Nick Nurse is a hell of a coach. He's a hell of a coach. Nick Nurse is a hell of a coach. And you know what? Like, I'll throw Eric Spolster in there too. The way they're taking it to Giannis and the Bucks right now. Yeah, like, I mean the thing with the thing with Spolster is is that yeah, I'm pretty sure he was like a video a video guy in a scout yeah. before he got the job with the the head coaching job with the Heat. He's a disciple of Pat Riley. Pat Riley's picking those players. Pat, Pat Riley knows how to find talent. I mean, they have talent all up and down that roster, you know. And, uh, you know, I know Hassan Whiteside didn't work out there, but imagine if they had Hassan Whiteside for this year. Yeah. Like, my goodness, Jimmy Butler, Hassan Whiteside. I would love to see Hassan Hiro. Whiteside and Jimmy Butler just for the fireworks. Because <laughs> Jimmy Butler, like, he's a killer. Like, I, I, I yeah. wish the Knicks got Jimmy Butler. Yeah, I mean, he, he's, uh, yeah, he's, I'm not, he's, uh, he's a guy you want on your side. He's a guy you want on your team. You yeah. don't want to go against that guy. You want this guy on your team. But you the know? moment it goes south, he's quick to cash out, as we saw in Minnesota. Yeah, but he, you know, he's also, you know, one of those guys that's a really good defender. You know, I remember back when he was with the Bulls, he would be the guy that was playing on LeBron, and he'd shut LeBron down. Like he knew, and you know, when I shut him down, when I say shut him down, like he's holding the 20, 22 points, you know, he's fighting for the rebounds. Like he's not turning over the basketball. You right. can rely on Jimmy, you can rely on Jimmy Butler. So, you know, I don't think they're going to, I don't think they're going to win any championships, but they're going to compete. You know, they're, and they're, they're that, one of players away. That's really all you can ask for, you know, in the NBA, especially in this wide open bubble. You know, and yeah, and the, the one of the things I think we were talking about is like, I, I question the legitimacy of the bubble. You know, um, I think you're putting everybody on a neutral ground, like you don't get home court advantage. So, you know, whether you came in first, second, or third, you're all playing in the same arenas, you're all playing in the same places. It's really coming down to how talented is your team, like how good are you. And when you take out travel and you take out the fans and you take out the crowd, you take out family drama because nobody has to go home and deal with their family. No one's dealing with kids. How, how good is your team? Um, and maybe this is, I mean, I don't think they would ever do this like moving forward if they didn't have to, but you often wonder like, maybe this is a better way to go about it. Maybe for the finals that it is at a neutral site where we're really getting the best of the team. Yeah. Right. Well, from my per- my perspective is that everybody's just so happy to have sports that it's something we're going to deal with until we can get fans back in into the, the the arenas. The NHL did it very well with the um the actual screens with the fans and you know, it, there is some juice to it, you know. It's almost like uh, WWE Thunderdome. They they have all that <laughs> You know, it's a 360-degree cacophony of sound and noise and, you know, allegedly Chris Benoit's picture. Like, I don't know. But I think having that a little, you know, that little bit of fan juice really helped that out. But the the bubble, I mean, it's good to have this as, you know, behind glass in case of emergency. God forbid this happens again. Like, you have the structure in place that you can pull it off. But, you know, uh, it, it's fine for what it is, but I'd rather have fans in the stands. I've actually enjoyed watching the NBA games without the fans. 
Mm. I've been, it's been tough for me to watch baseball without the fans. No, that's for sure. Well, the one thing, I mean, baseball, baseball feeds off the crowd. You know, you have the two strike clap. You have all that. You, you know, you just need that additional little bit of fan interaction. And the fan, the players themselves were like, you know, the, the fans can, you know, pick us up, but you're not, you see a lot of listless play and a lot of dull, a lot of dull play. I feel like the the Yankees could use some help from the fans right now. They're having a tough go. The Yankees might want to hold some tryouts at this point. <laughs> I mean, they lost Gio Urshela today and Jonathan Lewisaga. Old Johnny Lasagna's on the on the disabled list, or injured list. Excuse me. Um, but you're they're adding that adds to Glaber Torres and and Judge and Stanton, like. What is going on with this team? They fired the strength and conditioning coach and the, the medical staff last year. They brought in all new guys, and yeah, but it doesn't look like it's changed a thing. I, you know, I, I went crazy and bought a bunch of Judge rookie cards last year, and even this year, and he got off to a hot start, and everyone was talking about how great he is. Then he lands on the disabled list again. He's, I mean, the injury list. He's on the injury list every single year. And now, if you're Cashman, is this something you say, okay, well, this is what it is. This is what I expected. Or are you starting to question the contract you gave him? True, true. Well, do you remember Marty Cordova he used to play for the yeah. Twins? Man, well, I love that guy. That guy, they like he was the original. I mean, he was never on it, but he was like the poster boy for ESPN body issue. And he went to Baltimore as a free agent, and he could not stay on the field. And for whatever reason, they could the strength and conditioning coach in Baltimore could not get it through his head. Dude, you're too muscular. Stop yeah. lifting weights. Do some plyometrics. Eat a steak. Do something. You know, just get some. You know, get some fat on you. David Wells once said the greatest quote ever: "You can't pull fat," and it's a hundred percent true. <laughs> Yeah, he's he's strained. He's I think he's strained a calf this time, and then what? But Stan uh, with Stanton, it's the hamstring. But you know, I think I think they need to go back to like in the off season, except for pitchers. I mean, I think pitchers need it, but in the off season, don't do anything. Don't do anything, and when you do do it, relax. Like you know, it, it's more about like you said, pliability. It's more about how quick is your reaction time. It's better to have quick bat speed than hard bat speed. You know what I mean? Yeah. The big difference between getting the barrel on the bat quicker and, you know, getting your muscle and everything and all your strength behind it. At least that's what, um, at least that's what, uh, what was it? Todd Helton used to say, <laughs> you know, Todd, I mean, Todd Helton was a beast. Like he's, he was such a great hitter. And he, I mean, outside of that reoccurring back issue, he never really got hurt, you know. He was always there, but um, it's one of those things that I think there should be a little bit of crossover here. Like Tom Brady should be calling these guys and getting them on TB12 because hey, man, all they of- have a chance to meet and talk with Alex Guerrero. I mean, yeah. if you want it? It's it's available to you. That's up to you. But- Absolutely. And then all of a sudden, you'll have Judge Ed and Stanton down in Tampa Bay. So I I get it. Well, speaking of, well, they're not going to be in Tampa Bay anytime soon because the Yankees and Rays with all this bad blood, it's ridiculous. And Chapman chucking 100 and, what was it, 101 at Brasso's head? 
That's dangerous, man. Very dangerous. Totally different than the Joe Kelly thing. I was completely for Joe Kelly. One, because F the Astros. Like, you cheated. No, that that's it. Like, take your medicine, and that's it, and that's all. And he threw breaking pitches that weren't near the head. If you moved into it, it would have hit you in the head. He's he's lucky that guy got out of the way. He is lucky that he got out of the way. Because for something coming in that fast, you really have to have quick reaction time. You know, you really he, – he's lucky. He's lucky. It could have been fatal. Um, you can't play around with stuff like that. No, 100%. I don't know, I don't know, and I don't know why they have so much beef with the Rays. What has the Rays done? The Rays have – Beat them. They went to one World Series – they have no championships. You are the New York Yankees. You are the boot. They are the end. You know? <laughs> Come on, man. Like, it's stupid. It's, it's here's, what, here's my theory. They are paying it forward to the Rays and doing it for all the times they never did it to the Boston Red Sox. They <laughs> never let Ortiz – they never moved Ortiz off the plate. They moved they, – well, Roger Clemens tried once half-assed to move Manny Ramirez off the plate. Like, they let the Red Sox sit there, and then they let Pedro send Soriano and Jeter to the hospital in the same ambulance. <laughs> so it's like... Wait, 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 wait for me. Wait for me. Exactly. And it was... Remember, we were talking about Smith and McCoy. Well, it, it was the same thing. Soriano's holding his left wrist. Jeter's holding his right wrist. And between the two of them, they have a healthy ball player. Yeah, I just uh, you can't, you just can't. You playing, you're playing around with people's livelihoods when you do stuff like that, and it's, you know, yeah. And then he does. The, you saw he plunked JD Davis, and then JD Davis takes him deep yesterday, and then Chapman stares down Dominic Smith after you know he struck him out after he blew the save. Like, yeah, you know, Dominic like Smith. God, jeez. I, I like Dom Smith. He's growing on me, man. Like from when he first came up. I didn't see it, but he he's working out more. He's having he's eating better. He's learning how to play. He's not a great left fielder, but he's serviceable. Like he's he'll get he'll he'll catch the ball if it's hit to him, and he'll make a couple of good. He's plays. a softball player, man. <laughs> he's a beer league softball player. Oh, uh, but the Padres Padres looking like the team to beat for oh the next God. four years, man. Clevenger? How Clevenger. did they pull that off? What? How did they? Is it just because of the COVID thing? Like, what? How did they get him? How did they do that? Why I mean, did Cleveland do that? I don't know, because they didn't trade Zach Plesak. Like, so, I don't know if it's the COVID thing, to be honest with you. But the haul they got back for Mike Clevenger sets them up for years. And I was reading an article that A.J. Preller, who makes Jerry DePoto look like you know, he's not doing his job. He called, you know, he wasn't sure the deal was going to get done. He added more people. Hedges, <laughs> Hedges wasn't in the trade. This is like, if this was a fantasy football trade, it would be rejected by the rest of the league. <laughs> and I've made those trades. So I know that this happens. I've offered those trades. And <laughs> yes. <you> turned down. <laughs> <laughs> but Clevenger, Mitch Moreland is going to be a good get for them off the bench. Yeah, you know, I always thought Mitch was a better player. I was surprised that, you know, he didn't turn out to be better. I always liked him, and he really, 
uh, he's like a poor man's Nick Johnson. Like he never really, he never blossomed. I mean, he had great what he had great years in Texas, I think. Yeah, that's a, that's a good player comp actually. Yeah, and he's just he's okay, and that's about it. It's just surprising. I thought he was going to be really. I thought he's going to be a lot better. And and somehow they, I, I think somebody finally got to AJ Preller and said, "Dude, calm down," because he was going to get Joey Gallo. Was Mike Trout not available? <laughs> Joe, Joe, you know what? Joey Gallo's okay. Was he batting 220 right now? Mm-hmm. I mean, he's a three true outcome guy. Like, it's walk, strikeout, home run. I mean, that's what he is. Like, you know, he's going to put butts in the seats when they finally get a chance to open their oh, new ballpark. Oh, God. I gave him. I gave him much more respect than he deserved. He's batting one. He's batting 175. Oh, dear Lord. Wow, he's running one seventy-five. Can you check Chris Davis from the Orioles? I just want to see because that's Chris Davis territory right there. Is Chris Davis even playing? I don't know. Uh, to be honest, with, I mean he he's not missed clearly. I mean, he's unless you really need a strikeout, I haven't heard anything about him. He's batting one twenty-two. Oh my gosh! Oh my goodness! Making, making seventeen mil. Yeah, yeah. I can do that. Like, oh, yeah. I can, I can. <laughs> I'll bunt and run it down third if I have to, man. I would just bunt and then take my wallet out. And just be like, <laughs> I'm good. I'm just going to go back over here. <laughs> Stick your tongue out at Chris Davis when you get to first. <laughs> <laughs> so, so what do you see? Like, what, I mean, for, are the Padres for real? Like, what, I mean, how far do you think they can go? Is it World Series or bust? Do you, or do you think they can, you know, they'll get think, caught I up? Think they're, I think they're like two years away. You know, I really like Paddock. I think Paddock is great. Oh, I, I, I'm all on that train. I think that kid's got pop. I think he's got a ton of talent. He could be the number one guy. Them adding Clevenger is, I think that's huge. You got the future of the league in Tatis Jr. I think they still have the I, – I, I know he's not that, that great of a player. I think Hunter Renfro is still on their team, right? Oh, I no, like, I think he's in Tampa Bay. Oh, he's in Tampa Bay. Yeah, they flipped him. I, I liked him when he was there. I just think – I think they they have the right attitude. I mean, they were losing for so long, and I think they're on the ups. You know, I think – so just so just to give you <laughs> Chris Davis – Nicknamed Crush, by the way. Yes. He's, he's got 49 at-bats with three runs and six hits this year. Oh, my goodness. He's crushing it. Uh, he's, he's crushing something. And he's like, currently at the 10-day DL. Oh, Jesus. <laughs> oh, man. In the last seven games he's played, he's batting 095. Oh, yeah. I feel this so bad for my cousin. hope in my career, yeah. in any life, I, in any career. He gives everybody hope. If a guy that's this bad can make this much money, you, you know, sky's the limit, man. Sky's the limit. Absolutely. I mean, I feel so bad for my cousin that lives down in Baltimore and has to go there and watch it. But I mean, next year, obviously. But I think they might actually go on the DC, on the Nationals bandwagon. But the Nationals aren't doing that great either this year. So, I don't yeah, know. Yeah, I'm but... surprised about the Nationals. You know, I, I'm not saying last year was a fluke, but they had a lot of adrenaline going through them. And uh, they were feeding off of, you know, this. they got hot at the right time. You know, I think I don't think anybody I think everybody knew that they weren't going to repeat or they weren't going to be real contenders. I mean, especially 
the the Braves the Braves I think at one point were leading the league in scoring. The um the the Phillies are okay. You know, it's he just he just kind of knew what it was going to be. True, and a lot of that last year, like Strasburg pitched way over his head. And now he's, you know, now he's on the IL. He had, yeah, they uh, shut him he down, surgery. Right? Yeah. He, yeah. He, got, he had surgery. Yeah. yeah, yeah for he's... carpal tunnel. Like, dude, yeah. lay off the Fortnite. I don't want to tell you. But, like, uh, a lot a lot of that honest. was the come down. The come down from Bryce Harper. Like, and they were just riding the high last year, and now it's the crash, you know? I was just, I mean, I was even surprised. I was surprised they let go of Rendon. And I thought, why aren't the Angels better? Like, why are the Angels better with that team and that coach? Is it really all because they have bad pitching? Is it really all that? It is. Because at the end of the day, you like, can't. What are they? What are they averaging? What? Are, how many runs are they averaging per game? You can't average six, six runs a game. Are you averaging six and giving up nine? <laughs> I mean, you got to look at that rotation. And I mean, they got deflated when Tyler Skaggs died. I get it, but. Like, you're telling me that, like, guys like Dylan Bundy can't be a little bit more representative? Like, I forget. Like, Andrew Heaney, I don't know if he's pitching this year, but I haven't seen his name up. But the the Angels have been hurting since Jerry Weaver retired after he went to the Padres. And Jerry Weaver was great for them. So, like, I don't know. It, it Mike Trout can't hit and pitch, too. Just <laughs> like, like Giselle when uh, – Tom Brady, you know, <laughs> I, I can't throw the ball and catch the ball. Jizzle. Yeah. I love Jizzle. And clearly, Otani can't do it either. Uh, right. That's a shame. That, I mean, I, I was very. Yeah, I was big on him too. I really thought I was, I thought I was going to, I thought I was going to be witnessing something yeah. special. I really, I tried to get his baseball for on the cheap and I couldn't. And now I don't, I could care less. You know, he's just a not. I'm not going to say he's just another guy, but he's, you know, he's he's not what of what uh, he's not what they thought he was going to be. Let's put it like that. Now, I wonder if they did a disservice to him by not pitching him in the traditional way that the Japanese do it, which is you're slotted on your day and you never come off your day. But that's what they attempted to do, right? They attempted to do that with the whole um, you're going to pitch every Sunday routine. No. You're- I think they tried that, but then you start running out guys like Matt Harvey. <laughs> that guy. He's back with the Royals, the team that screwed him in 2015. <laughs> that guy. <laughs> oh, poor Matt. I, I liked him, you know, when the dark, the dark Knight Mania. It was like Lynn Sanity, but for baseball. Like, it was, guy, it was great. He's one guy liked him. Yeah, well, I mean, in the moment, how could you not? He's coming Matt, in. He's mowing guys down. Matt, we're gonna need you to go down the minors and learn another pitch. Nah, man, cut me. What do you? What? <laughs> That—that's not even the first time it happened. The, the Mets tried to DFA Ollie Perez, and he's in the friggin' bullpen eating ice cream, saying he's not gonna go. Like, what? What is with the Mets? I'm not leaving. I'm not leaving. <laughs> I'm, not, I'm not leaving. The show goes on. Oh God. You have to back a truck up to get me out of here. I'm not leaving. And, and crazy enough, Ali Perez has become one of the best loogies out of the bullpen. I, I the, the Mets, and full disclosure, folks, I am a Met fan and a long-suffering Met fan. It, it, it just mind boggles me sometimes 
<laughs> how the you know how the how the Mets like this year was supposed to be something special, and then boom, Syndergaard, boom, Strowman. Matt stinks, but Matt's is always was something. best. Strowman was the best. He's like, yeah, all right, I'm done. Yeah, I'm gonna sit out. So it really doesn't work it out for me. I'm not, not really feeling well. No, my calf, my calf hurts. Not here or here so much, but right here. Yeah, I'm good. Next year, yeah, we'll get him. Yeah. Oh I'm my goodness. I'm gonna, I don't know. I'm gonna rehab, but I'm taking a shower and I'm gonna go home. Suffice to say, suffice it to say, he's done in Queens. And if they resign him like they resign Familia, they need to be drug tested once Steve Cohen takes over. <laughs> Familia. Oh, man. But, hey, Pete Alonso is the real deal, though, man. He's the truth. Pete Alonso, you know, he has his moments. Sometimes it feels like it's a little too big for him or he's trying to really prove that last year wasn't a fluke. And, like, he just needs to relax a little bit. And I think the Todd Frazier trade is actually going to benefit him in the long run because – I mean, Todd Frazier, I mean, he's loose as a goose, man. Like, I, I don't understand how – I mean, I've never been that way. So, I don't understand how you could be just so la-di-da and be a professional athlete. But La-di-freaking-da. Exactly. And Todd Frazier pulls it off. So, I mean, the Todd Father part two is, is going on. So, Jersey's own. Unbelievable. Unbelievable. I know you wanted to uh, wrap up with paying homage to uh, Seaver. Absolutely. You know, we lost a good one and not just a great pitcher. We lost a great commentator too. I mean, growing up, I mean, I, I grew up a Yankee fan in a Yankee household and Rizzuto and Seaver, it was a great combination. And you wouldn't necessarily think so because Rizzuto is, is Rizzuto. Like there's no other way to describe him. And Tom Seaver is just this rigid former Marine, like, but they they played off each other so well and it made for a really good listen and we're going to miss them. You know, it's. Goodness. Nobody will ever pitch like that again. Ever. No, Never. no. Or, I mean, he's, he's, a he's that, that's a man, you know, as no, definitely career two two eighty six ERA. 311 wins, pitched over 4,000 innings, 3,600 strikeouts. My goodness. My goodness. That's a beast. But, you know, even if somebody wanted to do that now, they couldn't. They <laughs> Com- wouldn't let him. Complete games. He's like, he's, he's going like, he's playing, he's pitching in like over 30 games a year. And he's he's going 18, 15, 19 complete games. That's crazy. Never happened today. No, never. never. Happened. And everybody will always remember him as a Met. You know, I mean, he played a he played with a, you know with Cincinnati and he played with Chicago. But you know, he he's a Met. You know? He is a Met. You know, the same way that you know that Doc Gooden is always going to be remembered as a Met. But he he's always going to be the Met. And the only thing we can hope as Met fans and as baseball fans is that DeGrom is able to keep his career path on that trajectory so that he can become in that echelon. Because, I mean, he's, do, he's great, but it's not over yet. Yeah. But he's, 
uh, he's another good one, but there there'll never be another Tom Terrific, especially since they uh, rescinded the. You know, it goes back to Tom Brady. He, he rescinded Bob his patent stolen. claim. Yeah. <laughs> no Bob one ever stolen. called you that, dude. Come on. <laughs> Uh, Tampa Bay. Oh my goodness. Oh, well, this was a good one, brother. All right. I think we got something good here. So let's keep it rolling. Definitely. Back on next Friday. Absolutely. uh, We'll see you guys soon. If you guys want to hit us up, faderootmail at gmail.com. If you want to hit us up for a little bit of feedback and a little bit of a mailbag, maybe we'll start incorporating that into our segments. That's faderoutemail at gmail.com. And uh, I hope you guys enjoyed getting faded with us. And uh, we'll talk to you next week. All right. Take care. You too, brother. Bye-bye. Bye. Thanks for listening to this episode of our podcast. If you like what you heard and want to hear more, be sure to like and subscribe on your favorite podcast platform. Rate us five stars. Leave us a review. Turn on subscription notifications. And tell your friends. Spread the word. Spread it wide.